Good morning. It's great to be here. I'm so proud of Jim and the awesome sermon that he gave last week. It was right on. It was what we needed to hear. And I'm proud of all the guys who graduated from the pastor's class. And you all stuck it out. Satan didn't want you in that pastor's class. He didn't want you to be here. And he took several people out of that. And that's okay. Because more stayed than went. And that's what we have to focus on. We have to focus on the people that we can reach, not the people that turn around and walk away. Last week, Jim talked about the enemy is not winning. His sermon is so good. It was so good that I want to follow up with more about the enemy and the way that we think about things. The way that he creeps into our life. The way that he's looking for cracks that we may not realize. And maybe it's time that we looked at some things a little differently. But maybe not. What I find myself doing is I take, I take more of a humanistic way of looking at life and looking about, about things and how life works. And what I found is that sometimes I have to take a deeper look at things, especially when things start happening around me that I don't understand. And sometimes I have to look at the spirit realm. And at one point in my life with everything that was going on, there kept being things coming from here and coming from this way, things happening in my family, and I couldn't understand it. And I started putting human tags on it, and I went, you know what, i got to keep pulling back the, the layers of this onion. And this is what I found out that it boils down to. Everything in my life I can look at as good versus evil. I need to keep my eyes on the spirit realm, the supernatural. I think that sometimes we miss or we forget that we're in a spiritual battle. Every day there's a battle raging. And just because we don't see it doesn't mean that it's not going on. It's not a normal battle as we know it. This battle is for the heart and mind of every person. It's a battle against our society, and it's a battle against the world as a whole. And we've felt that here. And we've taken that on, and we've beat it over and over again. But what happens is, is on one side, what God does is God wants us to bring us toward himself and righteousness. God's constantly trying to influence people to live consistent with him. And that's what this book tells us, how to live consistent with him. This is more of a blueprint than anything. The reason he wants us to do that, to live consistent with him, is so his blessings can manifest themselves in our lives. Because that's what he wants for us. He wants us to be blessed. But at the same time, the enemy is trying to steal our hearts away from God. He's in an all-out battle against the Lord and his kingdom. And what's happening is, is that the enemy is pouring all kinds of trash, 
and corruption into people's lives. And they come in ways sometimes we don't expect them. Things like fear, things like anxiety, pornography, adultery. He's destroying families. Jim and I had a conversation about that the other day, just families that are being destroyed. Men walking out on their families and just leaving it to the wives. It's happening over and over again because Satan is good at what he does. He's been doing it for thousands of years. It's not always easy to recognize this intense battle that's going on all around us each day. And we sometimes miss the spiritual significance of the choices, the words, the choices we make, the words we use, and the actions that we take. There's a spiritual significance to everything that we do. Our words and our actions determine whether we're yielded to God and releasing His power and blessing not only into our own lives, but into the lives of the people that we touch. Because God allows us to do that also. We're His hands and feet. How's He going to bless people? Through us. And we see that in the faces of the people that we talk to, the faces of the people that come in here, the faces of the people that I go out and visit, that we go out and visit. There was a young lady that came here um, for taking it to the streets. On Saturday morning, she came here for taking it to the streets. She's on the other side of town, and Friday she said, I don't think I can make it. She said, because I don't have a ride. And she's close to being homeless. She's not in one of the nicest places in Council Bluffs. But she popped up in here, happy as a lark, just to be able to walk in the door. Well, I saw her two days ago. And she's like, wow, how are you doing? How's I mean, she lit up. That's not me. That's God's blessing. Because if we do the right thing, if we yield to God, He's going to let us reach out and bless people, and we're going to beat this other side of this, the evil side of this. We're going to fill people's lives with blessings that God gives us. But our words and actions are going to determine that. Who are we yielded to? Or are we yielding to the enemy? Releasing sin and death into our lives. Romans 8.16 Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? What are you slaves to? Are you slaves to the Lord or are you slaves to sin and death? You are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. That's your choice. There's a reason that God gave us free will. And it's not whether to decide whether we're going to go against what God wants us to do, but He lets us choose His righteousness 
or sin and death. And the thing is, is that's what we breathe into other people also. Because like Jim said, the enemy isn't winning. Now what are we going to do with what God's given us? We are his hands and feet. Through us, we can bless this entire town. Through us and through what we're doing, we are going to change council bluffs. God is lining up the people, but it's up to us. What are we going to yield ourselves to? When it comes to spiritual battles, there's some things to remember. First thing is that the devil cannot control you outside of your will. God gave you free will. But what he does like to do is he likes to play on the lack of your awareness and understanding of the battle, and he uses that to his advantage. Because so many people go, laddie dog, you know, I'm just living life. Oh, well, this happened. You know, it just happens. No, it doesn't. It sometimes happens incrementally to the point where you've got so much anxiety, so much oppression, so much depression, just a little bit at a time. He's got forever. I mean, he's been at this for a long time. But when you choose to believe God's Word and you learn to recognize what's happening in the spirit realm, in the supernatural, what you can do is you can begin to take authoritative action. God gave us authoritative action to fight back and improve our situation and improve the situation of the people around us. Improve the situation of the people that we come in contact with. I went to visit a friend of mine the other day that he takes care of homeless people. I'm talking to him. And he's, he, I have my back to homeless people that are behind him. And he said, Mike, the guy in the brown coat has been waiting to talk to you. What for? Never met the guy in the brown coat before in my life. It's because when you yield to God, God allows you to share your blessings with people. And I sat down to talk to him, and then another guy started telling me his story. Where he came from, how he got to Omaha, why he's in the situation he's in. He just needed someone to talk to. That's all it took. And what I found is when you cooperate with God, you experience His power and His blessings. You experience His power and His blessings. I think sometimes we don't see that. Sometimes we don't realize that. And what happens is, is when we cooperate with God, we see His power. And we see His blessings and we see them manifest themselves. And maybe it's not through us, but maybe it's because we're in the right place at the right time. James said, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Sometimes people quote the second part without remembering the first. This is an entire verse. It doesn't say resist the devil and he'll flee from you. The first thing that it says 
is therefore submit to God. And that's what we need to do. Submit to God. Be obedient to Him. He releases His power and His blessings. And okay, now you don't have any room for that other guy. He has no room in your life. That's why he's going to flee and he's going to run away. We were in a house one time, Ruth and I. We could tell Satan was in there. We could tell Satan was in in that house. But the thing is, is that whoever lives in the house is the one that's got to fight Satan. We can clear him, but Satan will be back. But that person has the ability to do that. And she said, and she took our advice. We were able to clear the house, and she took our advice. And she said, you know what? I get up in the mornings, and I feel this, and I feel this presence in the house. And I did exactly what you said. And the devil went away. She goes, I felt comfortable about getting out of bed now. She goes, before she'd just roll over and cover her head up because she knew what she was going to face in her house. She said, but the thing is, is I keep chasing him away, but he keeps coming back. I said, okay, so what do you fill your house with? You need to fill your house with the Holy Spirit. Sure, the devil flee. You submitted to God. But now what do you have inside? An empty house? Fill it with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come into my house. Fill every nook and cranny in this house. Don't leave one crack open for the devil to go out and grab seven other demons and bring him into my house. And she did okay until she says, come back to Satan. It's like Jim said last night, last week, the enemy is not winning. It's because we have the ultimate fighting tool. Submitting to God. And resisting the devil. Because he'll come to us in a lot of different ways. That's all you have to do. Submit to God. And just resist him. Because when you do this, he flees from you. This isn't a borderline. This isn't a, oh, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but what if I just kind of do it? When you do that, the devil wins. No, I am not going to do it like this. On the other hand, if we're passive and don't actively resist... These are two action statements. You have to submit and you have to resist. And then that little guy will run from you. He will flee from you. So we have to be active with that. And when we're passive and, we're, and we don't resist, doesn't mean that the battle's not raging around us. It's still going on. It's like the song says, you know, you don't see what God's doing for you. You don't see what he's doing behind the curtain. Guess what? You don't see what Satan's doing behind the curtain either. The dude doesn't sleep. He's constantly finding ways to get to Mike Bitter. And sometimes they're little things, and I have to in my mind say, it's not Ruth. It's not this person. It's not that person. But that day 
At that time, because I hadn't slept, I didn't feel well, Satan goes, you know what? I can just flip my through. I can just do this little thing that all the other times wouldn't make any difference in the world. So we have to be, we can't be passive. We have to be active. And as you begin to understand and exercise your authority as a believer, you've been given authority. As you start exercising your authority as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the enemy will flee. And God's power and blessings will manifest in your life greater than ever before. Let's see how this works, but let's take a look at this first, Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So when somebody says something to flip your trigger, that's not really what we're wrestling with. We're wrestling with something else. Something else is going on. Remember, good and evil. They're constantly fighting. Take the people out of it. Take the comments out of it. Take their actions out of it. It really boils down to good versus evil. We're fighting against principalities. We're fighting against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Translated, this world. The rulers of the darkness of this world. And you know what really concerns me? They were also wrestling against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. There is wickedness fighting against us in heavenly places. Isn't this a heavenly place, this church? Somehow, somewhere, Satan came in here. He attacked John, Jim, Jerry. He attacked me. Don't know how. We just need to be aware. We just need to make sure we submit to God and we resist what's going on. Sometimes it's going to be things like maybe the person in traffic is going to cut you off. Man, you want to give that guy a hand signal, right? Satan knows at that time, at that place, that's going to tick you off. You know what I do? People give me hand, have given me hand signals. I wave and smile. Wave and smile. For some reason, it gets him upset. It gets him more. I thought he was waving at me with that middle finger. I don't know. You know, I've been in countries that different things mean different things. And hey, dude, maybe your middle finger means something to you. He was telling me you were number one. Do what? He was telling me you were number one. There you. Hey, thanks for calling me number one. I love it. Or there's a person that sits through a green light. Maybe they're texting. I don't know. How about if you're getting charged for something you thought you already paid for? How about if your wife or spouse does something that, to tick you off? You really think they do that? <laughs> you really think that they sit up going, oh man, how can I tick off my husband or my wife? Yep. It's like, whoa, back to this. It's not about them. 
We're not fighting flesh and blood. That's not what it's about. Our spouses love us. They care about us. Sometimes the devil makes them do things, though. But anyway, because he knows what lets your trigger. And I'm not immune from any of this also. The funny thing is, is that some people don't believe that there's demons and demonic activity here in the United States. Some people don't believe that it's right at our feet. Some people believe, oh, that happens in a third world country. It doesn't happen here, but Satan is everywhere. Some people look, try to look at things as if they're natural and normal. and Oh, this just happens. It's that person's fault that he cut me off. When the fact is, is that the origin of those things come from an enemy that's trying to fight us. He's trying to knock us off guard. He's trying to come against us. And we need to realize the spiritual influence of it and what's going on behind it. When we take on a biblical mindset, we respond differently. It's like the old breastfeeder. What would Jesus do? I don't know. Read about it. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do when he had people come against him? He knew what was going on. And the thing is, is that the enemy wants to get our eyes off of God. And you know the one thing that he wants us to do? He wants us to... He wants us to not forgive people. He wants us to learn how to not do it. Hey, I'm going to give you a hand signal rather than forgive you for what you just did. Because if Satan can get that unforgiveness in our heart, he wins. He's after our heart. And he's after our minds. But are you leaving that crack for him to get in there? For him to change to change your life? And you guys think Christians are immune from this? What about Peter? You know, Jesus, under the influence of God, Peter confessed that Jesus was the Christ and he was the Son of the living God. But when the Lord started just when the Lord started explaining to his disciples about his soon coming crucifixion, his death and resurrection, bam, Peter started rebuking him. Peter said, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Whoa. For some reason, Peter had forgotten the resurrection part of this. He didn't hear that. So he rebuked Jesus. Peter didn't even want to consider the thought of his Lord being taken away and killed. This was the same man who just moments before had been inspired and controlled by the Holy Spirit. So what did Jesus do? He turned to him and he said, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, dot, 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 but the things of men. You don't see what's going on in the spiritual realm. You don't see what I'm really doing here. 
All you see is me dying. Being hung on the cross like you've seen hundreds of other people hung on the cross to die. That's all you see. Missed the part about the resurrection, didn't you? Sometimes that's what we have to do with Satan is we have to rebuke him. We have to tell him to go away. We have to tell him to get out of here. And in Jesus' name we can do that. Jesus gave us that power and that authority. And Satan has to bow down to the name of Jesus. I only know that because that's what the Bible tells me. And hopefully that's all I preach when I'm up here. I'm not saying to go around and rebuke people. Oh, I rebuke you, Satan. Oh, I rebuke you. But the thing is, (laughs) but the thing is, is to recognize the enemy. And remember, good and evil. Recognize the enemy, but as well as recognizing God. Because God also, just like the enemy, can speak through and use people in your life. So like Jesus, you need to be able to discern whose voice you're hearing. There's other things that happen. How about money? There was a guy that I was reading a story about. He would, he wrote a book. And he wanted to get it published. The guy said, it's going to cost you $55,000 to get it published. He's like, holy moly, my church doesn't have that much money. And then a guy came along and he said, for $27,000, I'll get your book published. They said, hey, let's go for it. guy ran off with his money along with other people. So what he did was when he went out and researched, now it's going to cost him $70,000 to publish his book. Everything all said and done, about $70,000. So what he did was he sat down and he went, okay, I'm cool with that. He first thing he wanted to do is let me get my hands on this guy. And I sometimes think that God sits back and God goes, hmm, is Mike going to take care of this guy? Or is God, is Mike going to let me take care of this guy? And that's up to us, what we do. Do we let Satan get into our heart and our mind and all that evil stuff go, oh man, I want to take this guy behind the barn. I want to go out there and just whoop his backside because of what he did. But one of the things that God promises us, and that's what happened with this guy, he said, no, it's going to cost us $70,000. God said he would return sevenfold what we lost. And he figured it out, came out to $490,000, and he said, we're going forward. We're spending the $70,000 to get this book published. And by the end of the year, they received exactly $490,000. He let God reconcile things for him. And when things, when people do things, they take a part in it also. They too allow God, they too allow evil to step in and do things. We can't let the unforgiveness creep in. 
The other thing is, is we have to be careful what we allow to occupy our minds. We have to decide, we have to be sure that we don't let anybody other than God occupy our mind and heart. Because we don't want to harbor unforgiveness toward anyone. Because that gives Satan a place to live. The enemy wants to steal that unforgiveness. Whether we choose to realize it or not, there is a spiritual battle that's raging. It's going right on right now. And it's a fight for our heart and our minds. And we're not going to let it win. Just like Jim said last week. I mean, this is what's so great about these guys. They're coming up and doing sermons. They have good words. Words that I don't have. That God speaks through them. The enemy is not winning. It's because of things like this. We have great guidance. And we're not letting Satan get through those cracks. Or we're not opening cracks for him to get into our hearts and minds. And if he does, we have each other. We have our brothers and our sisters in Christ. That sometimes just being around them is almost like putting plaster on that crack. You got in, but no more is getting in, and I'm going to deal with what's inside of me right now. What's in my heart and what's in my mind. Because the Bible tells us that from the overflow of our heart, our mouth speaks. That's why we have to be careful what we take into our hearts. Your thoughts become what you say. Your actions are the greatest expression of your authority. Your actions are the greatest expression of your authority that God has given you. If you're not sure what that is, open up the Bible. Because wherever you open it up, God's going to tell you what your authority is. When I go in and see people I've never met before, lighten up. I'm like, I want everybody to see this. Come on, who can I take with me next time to see the joy in these people's faces? And it's not me. It's God working through me, me allowing him to manifest his power and his blessings. Keep in mind your what keep in mind you will be influenced, you will be dominated, and you will be ruled by whomever you yield to, whether it's God or Satan. Keep that in mind this week. Pay close attention to who you yield. Is it God or is it Satan? I know. I intentionally put Satan in small letters. Because I don't believe that he deserves to be capitalized. I don't believe he deserves to have a point in our life. Watch for the cracks that allows the enemy access to your mind and your heart. Because once he's there, he goes to work. Because he knows what to do. He's been doing it for a long time. Those places, your mind and your heart, are the secret places that God talks about in the Bible. Those places are reserved for God, and only you can let those things in. You have free will. 
Don't forget that there's a battle going on. It's raging all around us right now and in front of us. Stay strong. Stay in the Word. Keep your eyes on Jesus. If you would pray with me. Lord, thank you for opening our eyes and ears to your Word today. Give us discernment, understanding, and guidance. When we come upon something that doesn't feel right or that we know without a doubt is from somewhere other than your glorious hand. Watch over each and every one of us as we go our separate ways. Keep a protective hedge around them and this church. And we ask for your continued blessing upon your ministry here on 8th Avenue. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you haven't given your life to God yet, now is just as good a time as any. Yesterday is gone. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We may not even see tomorrow. But one thing that we do know is that we have today. We're here and now. We're capable of giving our life to the Lord. If this is your time, just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. We believe that if you said that simple prayer, you've been born again. Keep coming back. We love you, we care about you, and we can't wait to see you again here next week. Have a great week and God bless.